Good evening, and welcome to Fairy Tales, the podcast dedicating to exploring human fears and their impact on storytelling through folklore, urban legends, and visual media. I'm your host, the cryptid legend, Paul Dennis. Tonight, we're camping out in South Jersey in an area known as the Pine Barrens, and we're looking for the famed cryptid himself, the Jersey Devil. So pull up a sleeping bag, let's get close to the fire, and listen out for his howling, or watch for any red eyes, or maybe some of the other ghosts that may be haunting these woods. Let's discuss the origin of the Devil of Leeds Point, where else we might find this devil, and some of the other creatures that stalk and inhabit the Knights of the Pine Barrens. Now, grab a warm drink for this cool night, lock the doors, check under the bed and in the closet, settle into your favorite seat and listen closely. It's time for another fairy tale. New Jersey, 1947. The long, dark roads pass by under the wheels of the family's car as a man, his wife, and their children drive between the pressing trees of the woods. The group travels along the dirt road as a loud pop echoes out and the car leans to one corner, the tire no longer able to support its weight. The man slams his hands on the steering wheel in frustration before leaving the car and analyzing the damage. Moments pass, the woods quiet except for the man's grumbling until he hears a snap behind him as he tightens the last lug. He straightens, cautious, looking around for the source of the noise before a shape slams into him, dragging him into the woods. His wife hears the struggle and screams in terror, watching the large creature shape pull him away. The next morning, the local police, alerted by the distraught woman, begin the search of the missing man. The group of police canvass the area until one of them finds the body of the man missing one leg. They inspect the missing limb, noticing teeth marks and tearing, realizing the leg was eaten off. A call rings out from up a nearby hill, drawing the officer's attention to the entrance of the cave, where the calling officer saw a creature retreating to. The team waits at the entrance of the cave. A shape rushes towards them, and they open fire. Present day, Dana Scully of the FBI walks into her small office she shares with her partner, Fox Mulder. She browses a file, one she passes to Mulder, informing him of a potential new case involving a missing homeless man found dead and limbless in the Jersey woods. Mulder perks up, recalling previous stories of the same woods and rumors of a Jersey Devil. Scully rolls her eyes, already accustomed to Mulder's tales of fancy, 
The pair agree to at least travel to Atlantic City, as long as she is home in time for a birthday party for her godson. The first stop for the agents is the Atlantic City morgue. Mulder looks over the body of Roger Crockett, the homeless man, as Scully converses with the local detective, Thomas Thompson, who expresses his dislike at the FBI involved with his case. Mulder is undaunted and begins planning for the two to stay over the weekend to get more information. Scully has other plans and heads back to Washington, D.C. after taking the keys from Mulder, leaving him on his wild goose chase. Mulder hikes through the woods, searching for any signs or evidence of the attack, the devil, or both. Park Ranger Peter Brullett joins him, regaling the agent with stories of the Jersey Devil and previous sightings. Finding little to help support his claims, Mulder travels to a certain part of the town highly populated by homeless people, inquiring if anyone knew of Roger Crockett. After questioning numerous members of the homeless population, a man is able to finally lead Mulder to the place where Crockett slept. The homeless man shows Mulder a sketched picture of the creature that was in Crockett's jacket before his tragic death. Mulder gives the keys to his motel to the homeless man and takes his sleeping place, hoping to encounter the creature himself. The night drags on, Mulder restless, shooting up at every sound, hoping for a sign. Hours pass until finally his patience pays off and he witnesses an ape-like creature descend on the dumpsters in the alley he is in. He throws himself out of his sleeping spot, chasing after the creature as it sprints off and climbs up a high building, evading the frustrated but excited agent. Before he can get a good look at the creature, the police show up, taking his exciting babbling as drunken rambling and carting him off to jail. In the cell, attempting to convince the police of his standing as an FBI agent, Mulder is visited by Detective Thompson. The two argue, with Mulder accusing the older man of keeping the existence of the creature a secret. Thompson explains, revealing the creature as a reality, it would drive off the tourists, keeping the city alive. The detective agrees to give Mulder his phone call, one he uses to interrupt Scully in the middle of a last-minute date. Incredulous, she arrives back in Atlantic City, assuring the officers Mulder is truly an FBI agent and getting him free. The pair consult an anthropologist, Dr. Diamond. Mulder explains what exactly he saw. Dr. Diamond listens raptly, explaining that what the agent saw may have been the missing link, the creature that is the go-between of apes and humans. Curiosity bites at Scully and she asks where a creature like that would be on the food chain. Darkness crosses the doctor's grim face and he ominously replies that the being would be near to humans. Days pass with no more sign of the creature, the search beginning to wear on the agents. Listening for more news, Mulder hears that the police had the creature cornered in an abandoned warehouse near the site of the homeless abductions. The pair make their way to the site, discovering that the excitement had died down. They search the building themselves, noticing an open window, and realize that the creature was in fact there, and was on the run. Mulder sees the creature first, chasing it into a smaller warehouse. The shape bears down on him, 
knocking him down and pinning him to the ground. Mulder braces himself for the killing blow that never comes. The creature is no longer fighting against him, it is instead letting him go and backing away. Mulder stands, looking at the creature, taking it in before the creature strikes him in the head, knocking him down. Scully arrives as the creature escapes, the anthropologist and ranger in tow of the agent. The two agents realize the creature is female, possibly looking to feed her offspring. The pair attempts to chase the creature again, however, wounded after an encounter with the SWAT team, she flees into the woods. Scared and injured, the primitive beast woman makes her way to her den, Mulder and Scully and the team trailing behind her. At her den, as if protecting what is hers, she makes her final stand before being gunned down by the police. Silence falls in the woods as the chaos ends. Mulder corners Detective Thompson, demanding what reason he could have for killing her. Thompson looks back, cold steel in his eyes, and says it's no different than putting down a rabid animal, and walks off, leaving the agent stunned. And we are back with Fury Tales. So we are talking about the Jersey Devil tonight. As with any great folklore, it's best to start at the beginning, at the origins. Now the origins of the Jersey Devil date back to the 16th century. And it was originally known as the Leeds Devil. Now this may be because of... The legend of Jane Leeds, also known as Mother Leeds. She was on her 13th birth and she cursed the child out of frustration, stating that it would be born of the devil. The child reportedly came out normal, then sprouted hooves, wings, and horns, and killed the midwife before flying out of the house via the chimney. Now, this is mostly legend, however, there are there is some truth to this. It may be based on one woman that history has on record by the name of Deborah Leeds of Leeds Point in Colonial South New Jersey. There's also a religio-political dispute that caused some folklore and gossip amongst the Puritans. Or it could have been from Benjamin Franklin and his writings about his rival, Daniel Leeds, where he called them monsters. Leeds' almanacs had a wyvern family crest, which a wyvern is a type of dragon that doesn't have any legs. Uh, this may have helped solidify the reputation and the legend of the devil of Leeds Point. Now, many of the sightings of the devil do not actually happen until about the early 20th century. However, a newspaper from 1887 does describe a sighting of a winged creature near the Pine Barrens. And it reads as follows. Whenever he went near it, it would give a most unearthly yell that frightened the dogs. It whipped at every dog on the place. 
That thing, said the colonel, is not a bird nor an animal, but it is the Leeds devil, according to the description, and it was born over in Evesham, Burlington County, a hundred years ago. There is no mistake about it. I never saw the horrible critter myself, but I can remember well when it was roaming around in Evesham Woods fifty years ago, and when it was hunted by men and dogs, and shot at by the best marksmen that were in all South Jersey, but could not be killed. There isn't a family in Burlington, or any of the adjoining counties, that does not know of the Leeds Devil, and it was the bugaboo to frighten children with when I was a boy. Now I've already brought it up, but the Jersey Devil calls the southern point of New Jersey its home in an area known as the Pine Barrens. This actually is a large set of woods that stretches across seven counties near the eastern seaboard. It's actually right on the coast, so it definitely has a lot of strange wildlife, a lot of un not really uncharted, but just a lot of uncovered ground. You no way to see it all, so it could be feasible that there may be some strange creature hiding in there. Now, as for what the devil itself looks like, there is some continuity from the spottings in the 1700s and on, where it is described as a bipedal horse-like creature with a large face, small horns, and massive wings. Its cry is said to be heard from hundreds of miles away. Now, there are some notable sightings. As I mentioned, and we'll get to this, the majority of the sightings that brought popularity to the Leeds Devil weren't until the early 20th century. There were some written records of spottings and evidence of the creature's possible existence. The Commodore Stephen Decatur reported that he shot a cannonball at a flying wing creature while inspecting cannons at the base. Joseph Bonaparte, the lesser-known brother of Napoleon, claimed to see the Jersey Devil in 1820 while at his hunting grounds. In December of 1925, a farmer shot and photographed a strange, unidentified animal that no one was able to identify. In July of 1937, an animal with glowing red eyes was reported in the Pennsylvania Bulletin and compared to the devil. In 1960, tracks and noises near May's Landing were claimed to be from the Jersey Devil. Merchants actually began to offer $10,000 rewards to anyone who could capture it. Now, most notably, the sightings of 1909 are the event that brought real fame and notoriety to the Jersey Devil. From January 16th to the 23rd, Numerous events and sightings were reported on and published from all over the state. A trolley car in Haddon Heights and a social club in Camden were both attacked. Police in Camden and Bristol fired on the creature with no effect. Strange footprints in the snow and actual sightings appeared in southeast Jersey and Maryland and Delaware. 
So this caused schools to close and workers stayed home due to fear of being attacked by the creature. And vigilante groups and hunters roamed the Pine Barrens, hoping to find the Jersey Devil. The Philadelphia Zoo also posted a $10,000 reward, prompting some hoaxes, even with a kangaroo with artificial claws and bat wings. Now, of course, many experts claim that the sightings of 1909 were the result of mass hysteria, a topic I covered in the Season 1 episode about Pokemon Black. If so, if this was just the random occurrence of a bunch of people claiming to see the same thing, how do we explain all the other sightings that still happen to this day? Now, the Jersey Devil is not the only creature or entity that seems to be stalking the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. There's actually quite a few ghosts and specters that one can expect to find if you are traversing the long patch of woods in South New Jersey. We have the ghost of the pirate Captain Kidd, who is a Scottish sailor who was tried as a pirate in 1701. He happens to haunt the woods where he claimed to have buried his treasure and is actually sometimes seen alongside the Jersey Devil. Kid himself is a legend, and the story of his lost treasure even surfaces in writings of Edgar Allan Poe's The Gold Bug. There's also the Black Doctor, who is a benevolent African-American spirit that happened to be run off into the Pine Barrens due to his desire to practice medicine, but unfortunately being persecuted for his race in those times. Now, he, of course, is no longer living, but his spirit is said to appear to those in time of need to heal and help those who may be lost or injured while in the barrens. There's the Ghost of the Black Dog, which the Black Dog legends are actually very, very popular in themselves of huge haunting beasts that haunt graveyards and places where death is most frequent. But this is actually a less grim and violent version of the legend that we usually find. And of course, we are going to talk about this a lot more in future episodes. There's the ghost of the golden-haired girl, a spirit of a girl who is said to be standing out, looking out at the sea, dressed in white, and mourning the loss of her lover to that very sea. And finally, there's the white stag. Now, this is a ghostly white deer that is also said to come in travelers' time of need, usually when they're in danger or lost as well, and it will sweep them up and take them back to safety. So the Pine Barrens definitely has a lot going on for it, along with some great ruins and just lost civilizations from where the overgrowth has taken it over many different plants and creatures and fauna uh, definitely worth a trip up there just to see that even if we don't get to see the rest of these wonderful spirits and beasts now the jersey devil is very very popular as i mentioned not just because of the sightings and the excitement of the area the hockey team in new jersey itself is named the new jersey devil's 
because of the Jersey Devil. So it definitely has an impact with the citizens and in the cryptozoology community. Uh, he has popped up in a lot of different media and pop culture references along with the hockey team. Uh, our story tonight comes from the fifth episode of the first season of X-Files, a horror light show from the 90s and actually has a recent revival where this deals with aliens, uh, paranormal, and just overall general creepy things. Uh, it has its own video game for a PlayStation system called Jersey Devil, which is a standard 3D platformer where the Jersey Devil is more bat-like and includes more item collection and puzzle solving as the Jersey Devil fights against the evil Dr. Narf and his mutated vegetable army. So more name recognition and not actually linking to the legends, but a fun little game in itself. There is a, another video game called A Wolf Among Us that also featured another fairy tale favorite from Season 1, Bluebeard. I'll probably be covering more of that video game and its denizens uh, due to the use of all the classic folk tales and fairy tales, many of which have some very frightening origins. So always excited to dive into that and play that game myself and just see these characters come to life. The Thirteenth Child and The Barons are both movies about the legend of the devil and the creature itself. I haven't seen either one myself, but from the reviews I read, neither of which were very good at explaining too much into it. But we'll take a look at it soon enough, and I'll let you guys know how it looks. Surprisingly enough, uh, Supernatural has not tackled this cryptid yet, despite facing off against some other ones. However, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have in their 2007 movie, TMNT. And finally, Johnny Quest investigates the legends himself in The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, and a 2017 Mexican TV show, Legend Quest, also brings out the Jersey Devil to play. The Jersey Devil has managed to capture the attention and fears of the New Jersey population for over 300 years, and the hype does not seem to be slowing down. So the next time you're in the area, take a detour into the Pine Barrens and see if you could be the next to spot the famed devil of Leeds Point. I know I will. Fairy Tales is written and produced by me. Music is provided by Nicholas Gasparini. New episodes are released every Wednesday. If you do enjoy the show, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, as well as rate and review. Every bit of feedback is valuable to me, and I will be sure to give you a shout-out on any future shows. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FearyTales13. And, of course, check out my Patreon for some member-only rewards and goals I'd like to hit to provide you, my fans, with additional content and higher-quality work. And remember, nightmares exist outside of logic.
and there's little fun to be had in explanations. They're antithetical to the poetry of fear. Stephen King